You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with Stephen Casalongo from Digital Position. Uh, and this is an amazing story. It's actually uh, one of my best friends, really good friends. Uh, so Jonathan Dudley, thank you for the introduction. Let's talk a little bit about this, right? So like my old man says, at the end of the day, it's all sales. Now, whether you're selling a product, a service, an idea, or yourself, sales, and I'm doing on air quotes here if you can't see me, continues to evolve. Now, retail sales numbers are up. Consumers have countless ways to engage with potential sellers, you know, really with technology. The problem is, is that not all of that technology continues to grow and change, you know, making it really harder for sellers to meet those buyers. Now, Steven is a pro and he has created this organization and a phenomenal team and has scaled this very quickly, but he's the kind of pro you want in your bullpen. He's the person that really understands digital marketing and specifically not necessarily what you need to do, but maybe where you're missing the mark uh, and really optimizing that in a constantly changing digital landscape. It's a fascinating subject that I think a lot of people are interested in, but they might not really understand. They probably get set 17 emails a day on LinkedIn or through their email that's like, SEO, SEO, we'll do this, 10,000 leads, we got you. And none of you are clicking on that. But this is a guy that does know what's going on and he can support those brands and he does it nationally for some really big brands that uh, we might mention, we might not. That's up to him. But thank you so much, Stephen, for joining us on this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you, Stephen. Looking forward to learning more. And uh, I'm curious, man, who he mentioned some big brands that you work with. Who is your typical client and where does their marketing strategy usually fail them when it comes to SEO? Um, so, yeah, we do have some big brands or I guess it's, everything's relative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of the brands that we work with are like Peter Millar. Um, you guys would probably know them. Yeah, you know them well. Very well. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, if you want to buy a Peter Millar, Dunstan Group. Let's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Shameless Sorry. plug. So I had to plug it. You know, we don't yeah. do it much. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, Fleet Feet Sports, they have like 200 locations uh, around the country. But a typical client of ours is somebody that's doing between, let's say, $10 million to $50 million in revenue a year. So I would say it's, it's still a small to medium-sized business. Um, e-commerce. And now more than ever, we're trying to get in the health and wellness space a little bit, um, mainly because our team um, is like pretty passionate about that. And what we want to do is we want to build a business and a portfolio full of brands and, and customers or clients that fall within that space because we enjoy working with these products and these people. Um, and when you have that passion for the clients that you're working with, you deliver on a better service overall. Yeah, so you you have a pretty cool background and, and you've worked with a lot of different companies um, and then you decided to to create your own business. Tell us a little bit about your journey um, and, and what, you know, kind of got you to that point. But tell us about your life. Tell, tell us how you got to this point. Yeah. Um, so I majored in marketing and communications. I think uh, it was just something where, well, basically I went to college for swimming and that was my, my first priority. Yep. Right. And then I decided to do something within business because I felt like that was going to be important in life. Um, so that led me into my first job outside of college or after college. And that was for a company called Blue Glass. And that was a digital marketing agency that focused on everything except PPC or paid advertising. So that was like SEO, PR, content creation, web development, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, I did that for about like a year and then I realized that I still loved athletics and sports and I went back to coaching. Um, and then after two years of that, I was like, well, I don't know if I can really survive off a of coaching <laughs> salary or coach's salary. Right. So I was like, all right, I just need a huge change. I'm going to move down to Charlotte. I was familiar with the place because my sister lived down here for a couple of years. So I would just move down to Charlotte, packed my truck up, literally just like put everything in the back, put a tarp over it and just like drove down here. Um, and then I said, I'll give myself a month to figure out a job or find a job. And if that doesn't work out, I mean, I can always move back north again. So I worked for a company called Resolution Media down here, which is a, a really awesome company. They're huge. They're owned by Omnicom Media Group. And then I got exposure to working within the, the paid advertising world. And yeah, that just like opened my eyes up to digital marketing again and got me, you know, falling in love with digital marketing, marketing in general. And um, yeah, I kind of went like full circle. So what was the moment? Because uh, I think we have a lot of people on here with this being the Brand Builders podcast. There's so many people that have ideas. There's so many people that say, I'm going to start my own business and they never do it. Right. Um, you kind of have to have the balls. You kind of have to understand that, hey, you might fail at this. What was that moment? I know I believe you had a, a partner in this as well. Tell us about that experience. And when did you say, I'm doing it? I'm going. Let's roll. Yeah. So that's definitely really interesting. My business partner he actually started the company. It okay. started a year and a half or no, maybe like two, two and a half years before before me. It was just chugging along, right? Maybe doing like $100,000, $120,000 a year, um, which is good, but it was nothing really that special uh, in terms of where we both wanted a company to be or where we both wanted to be financially. Um, I actually went to high school with him, so it was cool. Uh, we played sports together. We played volleyball uh, we played soccer when we were younger together. So we we were really familiar with each other's uh, personalities and characteristics or what, what drives each other, like the, the passion that we that we both have and stuff like that for athletics. Um, we weren't necessarily friends. He was a year younger than me or a grade younger, younger than me. Um, we didn't hang out outside of, you know, sports mm -hmm. or whatever or practice. Um but we reconnected through this massive volleyball tournament up in Pennsylvania that I randomly went to. And we were just talking and we're like, you know, what do you do these days? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I do PPC or I do digital marketing for, you know, Resolution Media. And he's like, well, I do that at uh, Logo Sportswear, which is actually like a similar yeah. company to your guys' brand. Mm -hmm. um, and then he was like, well, actually, he said I, I was doing that. And then he's like, yeah, I, I just went off on my own. I got sick of working for somebody and just not being able to do the things that I wanted to do and not getting paid for the value that I was creating for the company. He's like, you should join me. And I was like, well, I'm working up the corporate ladder right now, and I, I feel pretty comfortable. I like, I'm a supervisor right now. I'm, I'm, I'll probably be like a, an AD pretty soon, and maybe I can be a director and at director level, you can make like $120,000 a year. And I was like, yeah, like that's my, that's my dream. That's my goal for right now. But, um, he planted the seed and then we talked for about like a year and, um, we just kept going back and forth and toying with the idea. At the time I was 27, maybe 28. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not married. I don't, I don't even own my own house. I have literally nothing. 
So <laughs> nothing to lose, yeah, baby. Nothing to lose. So yeah. I was like, whatever. Let's let's, let's just do it. Just give it a shot. Love like, it. Good as time as any. Similar to how I moved down to Charlotte, and I was like, well, I can always move back north. I was like, well, I, I'm I know I can get a job again if this fails. So we worked uh, on a contract for like three months, figuring out how we would structure this deal, what kind of equity. Uh, I would be getting or growing into and um, what our goals would be. And I just, we always joke about this, that we created a, a line item in the contract that said, if we cannot hit like $140,000 or something like that in revenue uh, within six months, and we were already at like one, 120, um, then we'll dissolve the contract. And we're, yeah. we're just like, yeah, that's just like our, our fail safe if it doesn't work. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, at that point, I took like a $40,000 salary. It's kind of crazy. Um, 27 years old, living in Charlotte, mm-hmm. single. Like, I can't even afford to go out on a date. <laughs> right? so, what have right? I done? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I mean, six months is probably... Probably all I got it for you, bro. $40,000, yeah. So I was just eating eggs and, and beans like, every single day. <laughs> a little bologna sandwich here and there. Yeah. Um, that's very cool. When was that? A few years ago? or Yeah, it was 2017. 2017. Right, you mentioned that, man. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Looks like you're uh, you're on your way, and it sounds like you might have uh, beat that number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd say. Yeah. So tell uh, us, you guys have grown the business now. How many employees do you guys have? We have 31 employees, I believe. Yeah. When you guys were writing this 140 number down, right? Yeah. Did you ever envision in seven years that you'd have 31 employees? No, uh, our, our pipe dream goal was kind of, it was like, let's try to build a business, uh, that generates a million dollars in revenue. And then after that, we were like, I don't know, maybe like 30 million in revenue. I mean, we're, we're definitely not even close to that. (laughs) I love it. That's all. Hey, dream big. It was just like, this is the obtainable goal. This is the unobtainable goal. Um, how are we going to work towards million? But you always have to have some sort of goal or else like what are you doing right, right? you're just doing everything for nothing <laughs> hamster wheel yep. yeah yeah just um uh, your website says profit is the name of the game full stop can you talk a little bit about that i, I assume you're talking about metrics and and how you can make your clients money right yeah. through seo talk a little bit about the details and what you guys actually do for companies yeah well when it comes to the profit is the name of the game we're actually revamping our website but um what we're tr- really trying to do is we're trying to speak to our clients, right? So if a if a customer comes to our website, how do they feel seen? How do they feel heard? I think a lot of people miss that mark when they're creating their websites. Um, I go on rants a lot about like messaging because it's so important mm-hmm. in, um, within digital marketing or even branding, right? But lots of people just talk about themselves. They say, hey, this is what I can do. I can do PPC. I can do SEO. This is, I can generate you leads, right? Or like all those people on LinkedIn, uh, you know, like I can generate a hundred leads for you. Um, so we start trying to incorporate language that resonates with the, with the clients. So talking about profit, that's something that, um, you know, really intrigues somebody when they come to the website, they're like, cause at the end of the day, that's what they want to do. They want to generate more profit or generate more revenue. Mm-hmm. 
100%. So if you guys have scaled the business, um, we, we had a conversation about this. You guys are completely remote. You have employees all over the country, um, but it's really more about the, the, the people that you've kind of connected yourself with and really what they can bring to the market. It, a company that scales this quickly in a full uh, remote type setting can have its pros and cons, can have its challenges, right? Um, one of the things being you you aren't seeing people face-to-face. -face. I always have the statement, it's a lot easier to quit a job if you don't go to the office, right? If you're going to the office every day, you probably have even a more you know strong connection. But through our conversation, that was always the goal, to have this as a remote setting, to, to give people the ability to have kind of that work-life balance, to give them the ability to work from home. How has that been important and has that helped you when going out and grabbing talent? And is that something that you think you'll continue to do or w will you maybe move into a brick and mortar in the future? Yeah, we have no plans to move into a brick and mortar. Uh, it just so happens that we have a bunch of people in Charlotte. Uh, I convinced two people from my company to move move uh, to Charlotte. Um, so maybe I'll continue doing that, but we don't plan on ever having an office. Um, from the day that we started, one of our selling propositions was that we hire or we're remote and it was before COVID, like before it was a thing, we were remote in like 2017, 2018. Um, and all we wanted to do was find the best people because Roger and I thought that we were the best or we, we still do, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah of course. Uh, we, we believe that we're the best at, at what we do. And one of the things that we, we found like when I was working at Resolution Media over in Charlotte, there's like 120 people. I saw people coming in and out constantly. And I mean, I'll give props to them. A lot of great talent has come out of that company. Um, but there's just so many people that are 21, 22, that just graduated from college looking for some stepping stone into marketing or, you know, whatever. They're just doing something to get a paycheck. So that's kind of the mentality around having a brick and mortar location for a marketing agency. You're just getting whatever is local. You're not really finding people that are passionate. So we knew that with te technology, it just doesn't matter. I could get somebody in California. I can get somebody in Hawaii. I don't really even care. Mm -hmm. All I w really want is somebody that's going to do their job, do it right. That cares. That is um, probably has like similar beliefs and morals to myself and Roger. Uh, to kind of carry on the, the culture of the business. So technology was, is fine with that, like with Slack, Zoom, or whatever other you know video conferencing tools that you have. Um, we're constantly talking to people online every single day or videoing or huddling in Slack, whatever it is. So um, it would be nice to actually see people in person, touch them, give them high fives, like all that kind of stuff. But I think we do a really good job of of maintaining like a pretty, pretty solid culture without, without it. I think incentive trips are coming up. Yeah. You're welcome employees, yeah. digital position. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the cool things, if you go on your website, you can see a lot of case studies, uh, really the collection of a lot of big brands that you work with, some brands that we work with as well. But one of the unique things that we, uh, we talked about, and, and we have a very similar strategy. A lot of people ask us, what's your vertical? What do you focus in? Are you in one industry or not? And, and the answer is absolutely not. And it's intentional, right? What we've understood 
good in, in, in the branding aspect of it. It's not so much the industry as understanding the person and challenging them to understand what their objectives are. What are you trying to achieve? If you understand those questions and you ask the right questions, you can actually add value through whatever medium you're selling, right? I don't care if you sell concrete or you sell houses or you're a barbecue restaurant or you're a nonprofit or you're a professional speaker. All of those people have the ability to brand themselves in a unique way. And it doesn't have to be somebody that only stays in one vertical. You guys have done a great job of diversifying your portfolio. Tell me what uh, you guys do to not only qualify a, a client, but what makes a good fit for you at Digital Position? Yeah, and that's that's something that's evolved over time. So as you can imagine, in the beginning, we would, I literally knocked on people's doors in Charlotte. Yeah. Uh like one of our first clients was, was features. I went over to their office in South End, and I just remember going into I can't remember like where, where it's called, but it's like next to the Ashton. Yeah, um, that whole design center area or whatever it's called. Maybe it's called that design center. I don't know. But uh, sure, I don't know. There's a bunch yeah. of offices in yeah. there, and I yeah. literally would go in there and just knocked on doors, and I was like, I I'll love do, it. I'll do uh, your digital marketing for two hundred dollars a month. <laughs> like, I don't, good I don't, for you. I don't really care. <laughs> Dude, that's uh, awesome. So in the beginning, it was literally anybody that would listen to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a while, say like when we when we broke a million, um, it became um, anybody that had a big enough budget. Right? And then now we've we have the luxury of, of choosing people that are are good fits for us. Mm-hmm. Right. Do do we have any interest or is anybody on the team interested in, in this client? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's not always the case, but right. for the most part, it's like do you have any problems with this client at least, or does anybody on this team have any problems with this client? Um, there's actually something that came up that I can get into at, at some point. Um, and then also once you meet somebody, you really want to understand like their personality. Like if you're going to be working with them, are they collaborative? Are they open to listening to you, to being coached? Right. Cause they're hiring you to tell, tell you what to do. There's a lot of people out there that, want to work with you and then they want to tell you what to do. And that doesn't even make sense. We're the professionals. We're the ones that do this shit every single day. Yeah. Like, what do you, like, <laughs> right. God, so, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Um, so it's everyone's just a, resonating with that. I don't yeah, care. For yeah. sure. That's wild. Exactly. So it's yeah. just evolved over time. And, and now like, I think it, once you get to a certain point and you get big enough, you do have that luxury of, of choosing who you want to work with. And I think that's, that's a really important stage to get to because that helps people be or our, our account leads or our team be really a lot more like passionate about the people that we're working with. And then ultimately, again, providing a much better service. I mean, I can imagine having Peter Millar as an account. Now, any company that would be similar or maybe even a brand that's trying to grow, let's say, oh, yeah, we work with Peter Millar. I, I want to pay you just to know what the hell you do for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Well, how's Peter Millar going to market? <laughs> this might be exciting. Yeah, um, sure. So that that's pretty interesting. So in, in this, in the business, I, you mentioned something, do any of these or our employees have a problem with the brand? Right. And, and I love that because I think, you know, with the Dunstan group, we talk about this all the time. You know, we want to partner ourselves with brands that not only we respect, but like that you talked about that it can be collaborative. That can be great. There's just some brands out there that might not be a good fit for us, right? It might be culturally. It might be we just don't connect. It, who knows what it is? Or maybe it's a product or something that we maybe goes against our morals. How, how does that come up? And how do you guys handle that type of situation? If a client or one of your employees, excuse me, is is like, I don't know about that brand. 
is that like a, a full stop? Like, how do you deal with that type of thing? And, and I love how I'm assuming you open that up kind of to the team. Like, Hey, we got this new lead that's coming in. Does anybody want it? Or does anybody have a problem with it? That's a pretty awesome thing to hear from a leader, especially if I was on your team, like the power of giving my feedback at that level, not, Hey, here's your account. Take care of it. I don't care if you don't like them. You better make them like you. Yeah. Right. That's kind of the old school approach. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we kind of draw a line if anything is political, uh, we just don't want because we have people that are Trump supporters on our team. We have people that are hard liberals or whatever you even call. It. I don't yeah. even know. I'm like some. I'm in, in between. Yeah, everything. you're so, normal. We're right in the middle. We're like, we're like uh, the 90. Yeah. You're the majority. Yeah, just like yeah. in between. Anyway, yeah, we're all just hanging out in the middle. Like, right. what the hell is going on on each yeah. side of this? You guys need to relax. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so it's just really interesting. But like in any group of people, if you put 30 people together. I don't care where they're from, any state, whatever. You're going to have some outliers. Yep. Um, but because of that, like, we just want to be sensitive because, like, I don't really care if you're really far right or far left um, as long as you just don't bring it into the company. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I don't want you, like, don't talk about that in the general Slack channel. Yeah. We're a team. We're yeah. a team. Yeah. And when you go home, you do your thing. Yeah, you keep, know what I mean? Keep do your what you want. To yourself. Sure. You remember your, back your in the choice. day, it was like, don't talk about religion or politics. Yeah, those are yeah, two like, things, yeah. man. My parents always told me that. That's two things. Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, so, so in the future, or actually, I want to ask this question. So a lot of business owners, and I think, you know, with, with what we do in a branding and, and really, let's just say marketing, right? Our medium is a physical product, right? That's branded merchandise. That's apparel. That's the medium that we know. It's what we understand. We're not trying to become some full-fledged marketing company. We're not trying to get into digital. We know the lane that we're in, and we want to be subject matter experts in that. Where I think a lot of people like working with us is because of that, right? We're not trying to sell you everything. I mean, maybe in the branded world, but, but in this side of it, that's what we're focused on. So we can really, really help you out. I think there's a lot of business owners that don't necessarily understand digital marketing, maybe don't understand what type of investment that would take, but ultimately how that can help. You do mention a lot of e-commerce um, and, and, you know, the SEO thing, I understand it, but I don't at the same time. If there was a, a business owner listening to this going, I mean, I wonder if they could help me out. What kind of would be your pitch to them? And, and and I guess if you're a business owner right now, how could your business help out? Yeah. So I'll take a step back. So we do two services. One is paid advertising and the other is SEO, which is search engine optimization. Um, both of these or PPC and SEO are acronyms, but they're both probably uh, a little outdated at this point, right? Like PPC really stood for or stands for pay-per-click. Um, and that was like the original Google ads and, and things like that. It is true. Like, right. You click on an ad in on Facebook, you click on an ad in TikTok or Pinterest or Amazon, whatever. So it all is really P PPC, but people get very confused about that. Um, so we do paid media buying or paid ads. And that's across all the, the major platforms. Um, the biggest thing for PPC or paid advertising is that it is uh, demand harvesting or for the most part is demand harvesting, right? There's a there's a demand there that exists and you are getting in front of the right people at the right time, right? So for, for you guys, um, as somebody who's looking for branded apparel, right? that person already knows what they want. Now it's up to you to make sure that you're you're showing up because mm -hmm. there's a lot of competitors out there. SEO is, is very similar, but it's organic, meaning that um, like on Google, it said the unpaid listings. So basically, Google believes that you are the answer 
to somebody's query. Um, so what you have to do is build up authority and you have to create a website and presence and content that will allow you to show up um, for particular keywords that people are searching for. Um, so knowing that, now I think that gives people a little bit better understanding of how digital marketing can affect their business or, or help them out. Um, there's a lot of other areas of digital marketing, right? There's like email marketing, there's website development, there's online PR or, or press release and stuff like that. Um, but we just try to stay in our lane, in our lane and do what we do best. Um, and then we, we partner with other people that are good at these other areas. Um, so yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It does. And I mean, I think that's why, I mean, a, it's exciting. I still wouldn't have any idea how to do it, but I totally understand the importance. Now I want to ask you this question because me and, and my, uh, my wife and my mom were having this conversation and this just blows my mind. If you don't know the answer, that's fine. But if we're sitting here and I'm talking about a new 86 inch Samsung TV, I swear to God, I'm going to look <laughs> at my Facebook or Instagram and I'm going to have a damn ad for that TV. How the hell does that happen? Siri. Are there, are they, they're all, is it Siri? What, well, he what, can like, tell you, but that's my how, assumption. How, how does it happen? Because it happens, right? Like, you could sit here talking about anything. And I told my wife, well, we just need to keep talking about winning the lottery if this is the way it goes. <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah. Like, well, how are we going to trick the system here? Um, but what what is the, all that? Is it just because we're in the world where we've given so much of our information, we've shared so much information? I mean, how does that happen? And and is that real? Are they always listening to us? Yeah, I think that's like there's like two two parts of that. One is that... Every time you download an app, who reads the the privacy or the uh, yeah whatever yeah, right. contract that you basically agree to right, right to use that app? Um, and then even if you are really conscious about not sharing your information, you're like, well, am I gonna give up using Facebook for just because of like my beliefs or something like that? Some people are, mm -hmm. but most people are just gonna click accept, yep. accept yeah. all terms. So. Within those terms, um, I mean, I wouldn't say that that's the case for some of these these big apps like like Meta or Facebook and Instagram and and TikTok. But for some of the smaller ones, I'm sure that there's they've snuck in something in there that says, uh, "I I can have access to your microphone, or I can have access to your text messages, I can have access to your emails, like so much data that you're just saying yes to." Um, so that's one one thing that can definitely be happening on people's phones. And then the the second thing is that you're doing a lot of, you're making a lot of choices and actions and, and your behaviors on your phone um, that are related to like what you're thinking about. So like if you are talking about an 80 inch Samsung TV, it's probably not the first time that you're, that you're bringing that up or talking about it. You probably started looking at TVs on your phone or you started browsing <laughs> on your computer. I talk about it every day. Your feed's probably filled up with I those damn things. I love my new TV. I don't need another one, Samsung. I'm <laughs> yeah. good, buddy. I already bought it. So you, yeah. stop, you can stop pitching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So exactly. Uh, like you, you just might think at that moment that, oh yeah, this is a completely new, fresh idea that I'm coming up with that I'm saying. But in reality, you've, you've done something like, even if it wasn't a TV, you were looking at electronics and, you know, part of marketing is figuring out is prospecting and finding people that could be interested in, in what you, you have to sell. So it doesn't have to be people that are searching for an 80 inch TV, like Samsung and LG and any of those big brands, they have the budgets to be spending on anybody searching for any any electronic or any interest in um, whatever, or that you're a high spender or that you're an engaged shopper. So they just know a lot about you. Um, that kind of brings me to another point, and it's a little bit of a rant, but 
I really think the ads are, are actually a good thing for people without a lot of data and information um, in the advertising world. I think we would just we'd get bombarded by a shit ton of stuff that isn't relative or you know, like to, to our lives or that's not important or that's not interesting. Um, so I would say like, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but 50% of the ads that you guys see or that I see are things that I'm actually genuinely interested in. I'm like, yeah. sweet. I'm glad I know Very about tailored this tailored to you. Yeah. Right. Which I enjoy that. That's good point. For sure. Um, I'm curious, you know, so much talk about AI and it's already incorporated in so many things from your industry standpoint and SEO and pay-per-click and all of that. How do you see that evolving your business and becoming more and more a part of it? Yeah, I use, I don't know about you guys, but I use ChatGPT every day. I've started using it. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Matter of fact, like if you're looking for a certain type uh, of employee or someone to add to your team, you can ask the question of what are great interview questions and it'll spit out 30 of them in like 10 seconds. Exactly. And you read over them and do these apply to, and they're spot on. <laughs> like yeah. they're things that you might not even thought of to ask that would be very beneficial to that conversation. Did yeah. you did you ask where the biggest buck is in South Carolina? <laughs> I hadn't done that yet. I would love like, to know. Here's the coordinates. <laughs> I think I know where he is though. <laughs> I thought you'd I've got, I've got a question. target for next year. <laughs> I thought that was the first question you were going to ask. That's great. Uh, but no, how, how will that play a role in, in what you all are doing? Um, or is it kind of too soon to really understand? Um, no, it's it's already happening. It's been happening, yeah. I think, especially in the marketing world. As soon as AI uh, like took off or ChatGPT like 3 uh, came out, um, what was it, the beginning of last year, we were already trying to, trying to use that because you just want to find efficiencies. You want to find ways to do things better and faster. Um, there's always human intervention, or at least for right now, that, that we need. Um, so a lot of the content that we create, well, so, so at, the way that we've used it actually for SEO, a big piece is creating content, right? So like on your guys' website, it would behoove you guys to create content about how the products that you guys create help businesses or case studies, or even, I mean, obviously this is content right now, th this podcast. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, so what, what Chappie GPT or what AI can help you do is just generate content faster. Um, I mean, the best it's going to do is probably get you like 60, 80% of the way there. But like you even were saying in that example, you still have to comb through and see, all right, are these applicable? Do these make sense? Or if, if I'm going to say them on a, on a podcast, is that how I really speak? Mm -hmm. In most right. cases, it's not. So that's what we can do. So now what that's allowed us to do is in, instead of delivering on two to four pieces of content that was uh, handwritten by somebody who's an expert in that field. Now we have an expert or somewhat of an expert of ChatGPT that can help um, better understand somebody's new blog post. But now we have to go through and, and comb through and make sure that that makes sense, that it's in the, our client's brand voice, that it doesn't sound weird, that is readable, that is using language that they would normally be using across their website and that kind of stuff. And instead of two to four posts a month, now we can generate eight. So we can double the amount of work for the same price. Less time, yeah. maybe. So yeah. it's really just benefiting, like, <clears throat> in a way it's benefiting us um, because we can be a little bit more efficient, but for the clients, it, it just spills over into um, uh, what we're able to, to provide or deliver to them too. Mm -hmm. 
I love it. That's fascinating. So before we get going here, you have exciting news this year. You're going to become a dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. congratulations. So yeah, that's all. Awesome. How exciting is that? I remember when I first found out my wife was pregnant, I didn't know if I would need to be happy or freaking scared. I didn't know what was going on. I was happy, but like, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to be a kid. I can barely take care of my damn self. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and I definitely didn't know how to change a diaper. My first diaper I ever changed was my son, Graham, the day he was born, or I guess an hour after he was born. And now I'm just praying to get out of diapers soon. Cash, you got this, brother. Potty <laughs> train. Man's gonna be ten years old, <laughs> bro. I, I, I'm not even gonna get into that topic, but there, there's there's a certain age where they just don't make a pull up to contain yeah. the amount of food that this man uh, eats. But uh, tell me about that. Um, I've, I've met your wife a, a few times. She seems like an awesome, awesome person. And now you're gonna be bringing another one in. Are you getting prepared? You got the crib ready? Are you excited? Or do you know what's going to happen? Uh, no, I, I'm like a, a pretty laid back person, so I'm going to wait till the last minute. You'll <laughs> uh, we'll have the rest been, of your yeah. life to deal with that, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> we've been thinking about it. She's been sending me posts on Pinterest or whatever, and I'm usually shooting them down because I don't want to redo an entire room for like two years and then and then tear it down again. Uh, when it's not appropriate for like a three or five year old mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but yeah, overall I'm super excited. This is something that we've been working towards for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually went through IVF, so, um, it was very planned. Mm-hmm. So that kind of takes a little bit away from the, uh, I guess like, well, obviously like the unknown, but maybe it prevents me from being too nervous about it. Mm-hmm. Right, because yeah. like we've been working on it for like a, a year and a half or something at this point. So well, that's awesome. Well, congratulations, together, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. heck yeah. Do you, so, do you know if you're having a boy or a girl? It's a boy. There you go. I think with some of that, you hey, can you even and it. correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm ignorant to that topic. But some of that, you can you can even plan eye color and all that stuff. Are you, you shitting should. me? I think. I'm, I don't know. Science, you probably, science, pretty crazy, man. You probably could. All right, babe. Yeah. We're having science number. Pretty crazy. We're having number three. I would <laughs> like uh, LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, right, I was talking get, to uh, a yeah. doctor that mentioned that. That's why it, it might it be rumor mill. I don't know. Sh- it wouldn't shock me. I mean, that's what my yeah. my son's going to be asking me. All right. Well, what boy do you, girl? Do you want a grandson yeah. or a granddaughter? What would? How tall would you want him to be? Athletic? Or I'm going to be like checking boxes. Grandma, like, what do you want him? Blue eyes? Google it. See what comes to the top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is um, well that's amazing man congratulations to you and your family i know that's super exciting you're gonna love cool. it yep. um being a dad is the best thing ever and um every day this is my only advice every day is going to be a challenge it's not going to be easy um you're going to tell yourself that you're a bad dad some days because you're going to think that you're too focused on work but the reality is is every day is a new day hug them love them and, and just be there for them and that's all you can do because nobody's perfect especially parents and I think if you try to be perfect in both owning a business and being a father, it is impossible. So forgive yourself, <laughs> give them a hug, and forgive them too. Because golly, man, they are gonna they are gonna drive your ass crazy eventually. Um, awesome. Well, what before now? Back to business, real quick. What's the best way for people that are business owners that are that are marketing experts, whether they want to work for you or work with you uh, and be a client? What's the best way for them to get in touch with you to learn more about digital position? Yeah, the best way that, to get in touch is going to our website, um, digitalposition.com, or check out my LinkedIn profile. Um, I've been posting a lot there. I'm trying to post daily or weekly, uh, every weekday. Um, and then my business partner, he does fractional CMO work and 
Um, he's posting on TikTok a lot. We kind of each chose our own social media platform to cool. to own, right? And uh, and and produce content for. Excellent. Well, I've seen a lot of the stuff that you put out on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's kind of my favorite thing. I do not understand TikTok, and I, I'm not getting on that. Um, but congr- continue to do the great work, man. This has been awesome. Congrats on on taking a um, not a risk necessarily. I guess it was a risk, but but believing in yourself, you and your your old school friend um, that were athletes. It's really cool to hear that story, and I also love seeing coll- collegiate athletes, people that were so motivated in a sport turn that passion into something different. I talk to a lot of athletes. I think that's the most difficult thing to do is to, to focus your whole life on a sport or, or a couple of different sports, get to the peak of where you could be. And then it's over, right? One game it's over. And I remember my last game, I was like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Yep. Like, I don't, what am I going to do? You know, I, I played sports. I went to class just so I could play the sport. I mean, mom and dad don't get mad, but that was the reality. (laughs) Like my day was, what am I doing in soccer? And then, oh, I got to go to class and I probably should study a little (laughs) bit to make sure I'm still eligible. Um, So congrats to you on that, man. It's, uh, it's been awesome. So. That's all I got, man. This has been great. If you are uh, interested, please, like we always say, like, share, comment, go check out Steven, uh, follow him on, uh, on LinkedIn, go to their website, check out some of their case studies. If you're interested, you can reach out to me or Scott. We'll definitely get you in touch. And uh, again, just congratulations on, on taking the leap, growing this, this brand, um, looking at your team. You guys are all young. It seems like a, a really cool place to work. So congratulations on that. And again, congratulations on your, your new son that will be coming in a couple of months. Uh, That's super exciting. Awesome. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.